Well, welcome back to the When I Heard This Podcast. My name is Nate Robinson, and I'm here with Pastor Joseph Tillman, MDiv, soon to be demon. How are you today, sir? I'm doing really good today, actually. Every week I try to say that as quickly as possible. Uh, you're getting faster with it, I think. Okay, cool. Yeah. Good. It's conscious. Well done. Like I'm consciously trying to say yeah, it faster. Yeah, well done. Cool. Yeah. Uh, go to Patreon, $5. Like, subscribe, share, comment, follow, download. Tell your friends about the show. Facebook and Instagram is when I heard this podcast and X previously known as Twitter and locals is when I heard this Joseph today we are talking about um leadership structures mm -hmm. in the church yep and why they are that way that they are and yep. if that's the way that they are supposed to be yep and hopefully touch it on a little bit of are they supposed to have so much power and authority right yeah because some of them have a lot of power yeah and some of them actually authority. have like none so it kind of go either way really but, yeah hmm. but a lot of times there's just a lot of authority mm -hmm. so anyway we'll hit on those things all right um first question is is there like i didn't know i didn't want to ask the first question and have it be what is leadership structure mean because <laughs> that didn't make any sense right so the next question is Basically, uh, in the Bible, is there a definitive leadership structure that okay. is supposed to exist at my local church? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So in the in the New Testament, there's a few like leadership titles or positions that are stated pretty clearly. Mm -hmm. And so let's just touch on those, and then we can go from there to what it maybe should look like in a local in a local church. Okay. Okay. So Ephesians, and then we're going to talk about what it looks like, but it shouldn't look like. <laughs> right, right, right. All right. So in a, in Ephesians chapter four, mm -hmm. um, verse eleven, it states that Jesus Himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. And so here the Lord's just kind of saying, or Paul's writing this and saying the Lord gave. Some to be apostles, some are prophets, some are evangelists, some pastors, and some are teachers. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, and so those five apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher are found in New Testament as saying these hold some type of leadership function. Okay. Okay. Um, it's not saying that everybody at church is, is one, one of, of these those. Things. No, at okay. all. Okay. What it's what it's actually saying is that the Lord has chosen some and given them as a gift to the body of Christ. Okay. Um, and by a gift, this is kind of where it gets confusing sometimes too. By a gift, it doesn't mean like they're like these uber special people. Okay. It just means that they've been given to the to the body. So like for me as a pastor, for example, like I'm given to the body to serve them to um well in Ephesians chapter four says to equip the saints for the work of ministry. What are saints? Just kidding. <laughs> Body of Christ. All right. So holy set apart ones. All right. So to equip the saints for the work of ministry. So saints are just everybody else. Believer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Believers are, are cool. quote unquote saints. I'm a saint. Um, you are you are. Well, yeah, that's interesting. Okay. So yes. <laughs> and so in Acts um chapter thirteen, verse one. It says, now in the church at Antioch, 
there were prophets and teachers. Okay. And so there's prophets and there's teachers there. All right. And so even really on early in the local church, you've got prophets, you've got teachers, pastors. We know apostles are functioning. It doesn't seem like there's an apostle in every local church, though. Okay. All right. Um, and so an apostle then. You would, mean like in the Bible, they didn't all have. Cor- correct. Okay. Yeah. Like in the Bible, there was in the Bible, there's not an apostle at every single local church. Okay. All right. Many times the apostles are the ones who are being sent out to actually help establish local churches. And then they're moving on. Like Barnabas and Paul were sent out as apostles, but they were sent out to help plant churches, encourage churches, but they weren't to stay there. Okay. So they were just moving and ministering to different churches or starting churches. Um, I mean, we do see where they stayed, for example, in Ephesus for like two years. That seems to be like the longest time they stayed at any one place. That's Um, because the building materials were on back order. Maybe. Probably not. All right. So they couldn't get the right crew to come out for two years. (laughs) For two whole years. So they had to stay there and wait till it got built. Well, maybe. All right. I'm moving on. All right. So apostle (laughs) is one who is sent out. Prophet is just one who's speaking the words of the Lord. um, And especially in regards to future matters. An evangelist is just one who is going and proclaiming the gospel. Pastor, an interesting thing about pastor here in Ephesians 4, it's the only place that pastor is mentioned. In the Bible? In all scripture. Okay. Is this one place. And I think that's wild because it's actually the one that we talk about the most. Like we acknowledge mm-hmm. pastor. We don't ever talk about apostles or I'll say ever, but a lot of people won't talk about apostles or prophets today. I don't even know anyone who is. Yeah, they'll talk about evangelists because they're the guys that travel around yeah. and do revivals and those kind of and things. Knock on your door and <laughs> yeah, and, and so wear white t-shirts. And, some do. Yeah, yeah, and not those guys though. Oh, uh, not the Mormons. They're trying to do what that says. But, well. <laughs> We'll do a different episode on them. All right, so pastor, literally meaning shepherd, which just means to care for, tend to feed the flock, okay? Um, And then teacher, again, just one that's teaching the scriptures, passing on the teaching of the apostles, Mm -hmm. okay? And and again, their function in Ephesians 4, it says is to, so they are to equip the the body of Christ for the work of ministry. So they're, they're to take their gifts, and to equip the saints to be able to use the gifts the Lord has given them. Okay. How come um, in all the churches that I've been to, there's been like, this is the pastor. And mm-hmm. then there might be a guy that we're like, I guess, I guess you're the teacher here at the church. And I guess uh-huh. you're kind of a prophet, maybe yeah. sort of like, why is it like that? Some churches are like that. Okay. Some churches are not like that at all. But they have specific people, and they're like, this is our teacher. Yeah, or... Listen and learn, Well, well saints. <laughs> I think a lot of times they'll take pastor and teacher and roll that person up into one. Okay. So do they have a prophet standing by at all times? A lot of them don't. Okay. Yeah, a lot... Of, I mean, this is where it gets really different from church to church, right? Okay. So if you're in your mainline denominational churches, you're not finding apostles and you're not finding prophets. 
Okay. If you, you will find evangelists, you'll find pastors, you'll find teachers, but not the apostles and not the prophets. Why now, not? if you're in charismatic churches or prophetic or, or, or Pentecostal churches, there's a good chance that they will at least have an acknowledgement that apostles and prophets are still active today in the body of Christ. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Because some, like a lot of the mainline denominations do not believe they are. Oh, okay. I remember this. Yeah, and and therefore they'll have a, at least a relationship with them. And some charismatic Pentecostal churches will have like someone they consider a prophet that's within their own local body. Mm-hmm. Some won't. I mean, some will. Um, and, and nobody believes them. <laughs> well, it depends. Sometimes you got a lot of people believing them. Sometimes you got no one believing. I don't know. So <laughs> usually within local churches, they do believe and trust the person that's been. Labeled as the prophet. Mm. Yeah. Usually. Yeah. Usually. You know. Yeah. Um, all right. So, so in terms of leadership, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then when we shift into Paul's letters, or excuse me, another one of Paul's letters, that's obviously Ephesians is a letter of Paul. When we go into the pastoral letters, our first Timothy, and Titus, Paul brings up two more groups of people. Okay. okay? First one, like if you're reading in your Bible, it will in First Timothy chapter three, verse one, it will be labeled as either a bishop or an overseer. Okay. Some may say elders. Okay. All right. Um, but it's it. But some translations will put bishop. Some will put. Overseer, some will put elder. The the overseer is probably the better translation there, um, bringing oversight. But what we'll see when you read like First Timothy three, or when you read other passages, excuse me, you see that, that word that's used there is synonymous with the word that's used for elder in other places. Okay. So so basically, what I'm saying is there's elders and there's deacons. Okay. So in First Peter chapter five, Peter says in verse one, I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and witness to the sufferings of Christ, as well as one who shares in the glory about to be revealed, shepherd God's flock among you, not overseeing out of compulsion, but willingly. And that's that, that idea of oversight there, not giving oversight out of compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not out of greed for money, but eagerly, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And so here, Peter is is affirming the fact that there are elders in the church. Okay. okay? And that these elders are to shepherd God's flock, so pastor God's flock, if you'll put it that way, because that's literally the word for shepherd. So, so they're like just old people to hang out with the pastor. They're not necessarily old people. And I would think the pastor would be an elder to me. Okay. Um, and the reason is because that what you see with elders throughout Scripture is they're shepherding. That's like the like what they're doing is shepherding. Okay. And so you know they're like the president's cabinet. <laughs> they're like the president's cabinet. Okay. Um, sort of. No, but the pastor's not above them, or he shouldn't be. I think he should be among them. Okay. So, all right. So, for example, in, um, let me go to Acts 20 real quick, because 
that brings up so Paul is about to so Paul is is leaving Ephesus and so he gathers the elders together okay in Ephesus cuz he's about to leave and so um and he's a Paul's an apostle apostle yeah Paul's Wait no apostle. I thought he was a church goer outer maker that's an apostle oh okay yeah 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 um and so this is what he says to um, the elders, verse 28. Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as overseers. So that's getting back to that word that he uses in 1 Timothy 3. So overseer, elder, same mm-hmm. thing. And he goes on to say, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. And so what he's done here, or what Paul what Paul is saying here is that the elders, they oversee and they shepherd. Okay. okay. And that's, that's, that's the role of elders. And so you find elders and then you find deacons. Okay. Okay. Um, and Philippians chapter one, verse one, Paul actually addresses the letter to the church there in Philippi. And he, but he also says, and to the elders, or he says, and, including the elders and deacons. Okay. So he actually singles those two groups out as being functioning leaders within that local church. Are there Christian chessboard <laughs> with this stuff on it? Does it sound like there needs to be? Yeah, there needs to be. <laughs> Where like Jesus is the king. Right. And then all the pawns are saints. <laughs> right? I mean, it's not a bad... Not a bad analogy. It's totally already been made. <laughs> we'll have to look but that if up. not, you're going to do it. Then when I heard this podcast, chessboards. All right. I, I love it. Okay. Let's do it. Um, and so when you are looking at what's there in the New Testament in regards to leadership, I guess that's what I'm saying is what you find is apostles, prophets, pastors, evangelists, teachers. Okay. And you find elders and you find deacons. That's like everyone. Okay. <laughs> it seems like a lot of people. If there's like a church of 50, everyone's in leadership. Well, <laughs> that wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing ever. <laughs> um, did everyone have a have a, a say? But I think what's going on here too, and what we'll kind of localize in here to the local church part of it mm. is, all right, so how does what does it actually look like in a local church? Mm. Okay. So for example, we know in Antioch there were apostles, or excuse me, there were prophets and there were teachers there in Antioch. Um, and they were, and then Paul and Barnabas were actually set apart as apostles and sent out from there. So in local churches, you're, you're, you're not going, you're going to have a pastor, okay. And elders Mm -hmm. who are shepherding the flock. That's their role. That's their job to shepherd. Okay. To care for, tend for, to feed the flock. Hitting people with canes, telling them to go. Right. Well, specific directions. Hopefully, they're not just doing it out of malicious intent. Right. Right. Okay. Um. And but to care for, to feed, mm-hmm. to do the status of the souls. And the elders are there to hang out with the pastor while he hits the saints with the cane. Uh, no. Okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid. I'm afraid you're really misunderstanding <laughs> all of this. So we've got you got the pastors and the elders. Okay. And. You're going to have people who are teaching. They're, they're able to teach. They teach. Okay. And a local church, 
may have someone that's functioning like an evangelist. Okay. They may have someone that is, you know, that is that that's just who they are. That is their calling on that person is to go out to evangelize and to equip the saints to do the same. And but I'm not saying every local church has that person, but some do. Some churches, local churches have prophets. Okay. We talked about that a little bit ago, but then not every church does. And most church, most local churches don't have an apostle. They may have an apostle they're related to in, in terms of they relate to them as someone who is who they consider like a spiritual father of the faith. Um, but they don't have like someone that they fund a, or someone they appeal to. Could be they fund them, but someone they appeal to mm-hmm. in regards to, you know, to get insight mm-hmm. on spiritual matters on direction and so elders and pastors and then you have deacons deacons are those like we see in acts chapter six that are like are they're set apart for the overseeing of a specific type ministry okay um in Acts six it's seven are chosen to make sure that there's the proper um food distribution to the um to the widows and so they set aside seven people for that. So deacons are set aside for a particular ministry expression, mm. all right, within the church. So you're going to have elders and you're going to have deacons and that kind of thing. And you'll have hopefully prophets and you'll have teachers. And, and I think when you talk about, well, who's, who's running the, who's running the show, right? Who is, who is ultimately leading? I think the, sh- the elders are leading in the sense of, again, shepherding the flock, caring for the flock, feeding the flock. So they're they're the ones that are charged with the spiritual care of of the of the congregation. Okay. Okay. And and so they are they very often will make decisions based on that kind of the spiritual component part. And then you have other leaders that are leading in these other various ministries, whether they're labeled deacons or something else, mm-hmm. they're overseeing various ministry expressions. Um now that's what's found in scripture. Okay. Um, we don't always see that played out again today in the local church. Right. Right. Because there's a lot of other terms and expressions that are phrases that are used. Right. Okay. So that's my next question basically is do any churches in America or anywhere else uh-huh. ever follow this like they're supposed to? <laughs> Well, again, I think there's a lot of interpretations of what this looks like. Okay. I, I to me, I guess when I look at scripture, it just seems it just seems kind of evident, clear that there's elders and there's deacons. Okay. And that and that in the midst of that, in the midst of congregation, you have prophets and you have, you know, teachers and 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 hopefully related. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah, I mean, so <laughs> I guess we got a prophet. Yeah, I mean, I mean, what I'm saying is, well, I hope that you would, but I know a lot don't because a, mm-hmm. a lot of them don't even believe in that. That's you know, um, so definitely have an elder or two. Yeah, or three. And I think there should be a plurality of elders. What does that mean? Okay, yeah. So a multitude of elders leading. Okay. So like when Paul talks about in 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 Acts 20 that he has placed elders in every church that like, there's. There's a sense that there's a plurality of elders. Okay. Um, and so 
That's actually like the Presbyterians, for example. That's mm-hmm. actually where they get their name, whole name from. Is the, the elder the Greek, the Greek word is yeah, a group of elders. Okay, and so press what? Yeah, so what's a Presbyterian? That means an elder. Yeah, so a in, Presbyterian. Yeah, so an elder or a Presbyteros. Okay, Presbyteros. Pres- yeah, I think that's how you pronounce that. Mm-hmm. And and so is the actual the Greek word there. Mm-hmm. I probably butchered that completely. Mm-hmm. Is the Greek word there? for elders and it's like a group of elders so are we from non-denominationos or something like that (laughs) i don't know no what (laughs) (laughs) never mind i don't know what's happening anymore all right so you said they're presbyterios and we're (laughs) non-denominational i know we're not we're methodosts yeah we're yeah dost Something. Methodost. Okay. That's what I call it from now on. <laughs> it's the Greek. That's fine. Whatever. Okay. All right. So um, I think you have a lot of... So churches are going to really differ on how they see the scripture or, or all the scriptures in the New Testament. Okay. But again, I, to me, I, it, it seems like it's pretty clear that there's elders in these local churches that are overseeing the church. Okay, so it's okay if your church came to you and said, hey, we're replacing your position with a bunch of elders. So, like, I mean, like at our church, that's like, so we set up the church with a group of elders. Like, it's not and just a pastor. Yeah. Okay. But I'm like one of the elders. Okay, so you left out some names from the Bible. <laughs> okay. Because I don't know why you didn't read those parts. But. <laughs> <laughs> what I, what I leave out? You left out like uh, the Pope. Seems like a pretty big deal. <laughs> okay, you like, know, right? He's a church leader. I don't know why you didn't read that verse. You also left out <laughs> uh, Archbishop, uh huh, which are bishops b- with back problems. You also <laughs> left out cardinals, uh huh, <laughs> and. Associate pastors, right? And exorcists and monks, <laughs> right? And rabbis. Okay. So <laughs> where where do all those fit in? <laughs> Why do we have them? All or right. if it goes this direction, why aren't they in the Bible? <laughs> okay. Yeah. So uh Pope not in the Bible. Okay. Um, he seems like Archbishop, not in the Bible. Okay. Um, was associate pastor, not mm-hmm. in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, worship leader, worship, not in the Bible. Um, exorcist. He, I think you mentioned an exorcist. Mm-hmm. Um, people were doing exorcisms, but there's not like an office of the exorcist in the Bible. Okay. Um, was there another one that you mentioned? Cardinals. Cardinals. Uh, oh, yeah. No, nope, that's not in the Bible either. Okay, so why? <laughs> why are they not in the Bible? Yeah. Or why are they in existence <laughs> at all today? Um, I can't <laughs> tell you why they're not in the Bible. Okay. Um, and, I mean, so I think, so the development of, like, so, for example, if we talk about the Pope. Yeah. All right. Let's now, start with the Pope. Let's start with the Pope. All right. Now. Because he runs everything. Right. So, I'm. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. So everything I'm about to say is a, like I'm about to get destroyed for is blasphemy. Is blasphemy. Okay. Uh, possibly for some people. Okay. So we think of the Pope and there's like it's the one singular Pope. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in early church, that was not the way it was set up. Okay. Okay. There were so, lots of popes. Y- yes, there okay. were many popes, and and so they were known as as so the the idea of pope is is coming from the from the word that that we would say is like father. Okay. Okay. All right. And so there were there were all these church leaders in various churches, Antioch, Alexandria, Jerusalem. Okay, around these these kind of these these um. Hubs of Christianity, if you were. Okay. Okay. And they all had their own popes. They all had their own popes. Okay. Okay. And if you keep going back, even before that, even before they're labeled as popes, okay, Mm -hmm. keep going back. And what you're, what you're, what you have is these leaders in these these cities, okay. And they are, they're kind of like the Christian leader for that city. So in, in a lot of ways, it's like what we would think of as like an apostle. Okay. Okay. And, and so, you had you had many apostles or popes, however you want to phrase that, in in all these various cities mm-hmm. that were helping to lead and to guide the early church. And then there was a great tournament. <laughs> no, there's where popes came from all across yeah. the land. Yeah, it wasn't like there was and a, fought each other to be the one true pope. Yeah, there was like a pope hunger game or something. Okay. No, it didn't <laughs> exist. Uh, and so uh, the pope. It gets consolidated to the one pope in Rome because of the centrality of the Roman Empire. Empire, okay, where the government power is there in Rome. Okay, okay. so the Romans took over the, the land of all the other popes. Well, and then said, "You're not popes anymore. This is the pope." <laughs> I mean, basically, they were like, "No, this this is the singular pope." Okay, and so they just declared it right. Okay, yeah. All right. Pope of all popes. Okay. Right. And so that's, and so that's, so we, that's why you don't have like Pope in the Bible. But I think a lot of it, if you follow kind of through church history, you go, oh, well, yeah, those are kind of like, those were kind of like apostles or church leaders in those, those, in those cities. And they took on kind of a spiritual, you know, um, responsibility and oversight in those cities. And then they were referred to as fathers and referred to as, you know, what we call popes. And anyway. So that's how we get What there. about that is controversial? In in the in the in the Catholic understanding, the Pope has the, the Pope has their they, they they're going back to Peter. Okay. Okay. And so Peter? To Peter. Okay. Uh-huh. And so everything's going back to Peter. And so the idea when Jesus tells Peter, upon this rock I will build my church. So Peter was the first Pope. In their according eyes. According to yeah. It, it, yes. Okay. Yes. And so, as the first leader, but what's interesting is, even by Acts fifteen, Peter. I mean, although Peter and James and John are always referred to as like pillars of the early church, even by Acts fifteen, you have James, the brother of Jesus, not the brother of John, but the brother of Jesus, actually standing up and speaking on behalf of all of the apostles and elders. So it wasn't even Peter standing up anymore. Oh. And speaking up. So then James was the Pope. 
<laughs> well, James did become like the overseer like of the city in, of, in Jerusalem. And what I'm also saying is the idea of the way the Pope presently functions, that's not biblical. Okay. Yeah. Why not? Because the the way the Pope is understood in in is in both in responsibility and authority is like he's like it's one singular person that's overseeing all of the church. Okay. And that was never the way the early church was even set up. All of every church or just Catholic Church? Well okay, but remember the, or do the Catholics believe they're the only ones that matter? Yes. In okay. The, in the sense that they believe they're the one true church. Do they think we're going to hell? Some do, some don't. Okay. Well, I think they're going to hell. Not not really. <laughs> I think it's all about faith in Jesus. I think the some that do think that I'm going to hell are going to hell. Okay. <laughs> Fine. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Again. Okay, so that's the Pope. Uh-huh. Okay, so next down from the Pope is exorcists. <laughs> <laughs> right? No, not exorcist. Okay. No, so then you're starting to get into the kind of the world of the archbishop. Okay. Bishops. And then cardinals and bishops really kind of begin taking the same name. Okay. And, um, and then you've got the priest. And then... He's at the church, and you've actually. Got, and you got deacons. So all the other ones are at the Vatican. No, no. No, not huh. the Vatican. Like, so all the cardinals, I think the... I think a cardinal oversees like a hundred, can see like oversee like over, like up to like 150. So it's just congregations. Like, it's just like corporate structure names. Correct. That's what I was getting to. Like, okay. Basically, these names were created, these titles were created because of the structure of the organization grew so large. Okay. And yeah. the Pope is the CEO that I makes mean, the decisions. If you want to look at it that way. Have they gone public? Can you buy shares? Sure. No, but you they'll take your money. <laughs> Joseph made a funny on the podcast. <laughs> All right, uh, so you didn't say exorcists in there, so what are they doing? The, the exorcists? Yeah. We're <laughs> in, like, middle age. They're leaders, uh, right? They shepherd um, the I mean, demons no. <laughs> out of souls. <laughs> out of souls. So, man, we're getting kind of like some medieval stuff right Never now. Never mind. All right. Yeah. Okay. So, why why do all, like, how did we get here, I guess? Okay. With all these <laughs> unnecessary, I guess, leadership things. Why, yeah. are, why are we, why do we have popes? I think because... Again, on the Roman Empire, Christianity was legalized and also centralized. Okay. Where you had it very clearly like a top-down hierarchy. Okay. From the from from the Pope in Rome down. Okay. And so again, it was legalized and it was centralized in power. Mm -hmm. So now the Pope has the ultimate power, okay, within the Catholic Church. And so then, then you know, he has the archbishops that he's meeting with. And, and anyway, so you've got the, you know, from the Pope down, it's just kind of layering out. And and so to be able to pass down responsibility and, and those kind of things, a task. And, and so 
Now, obviously, we won't, we won't get into the whole, you know, Protestant Reformation yeah. that split, all, you know, when we split from the Catholic Church, and then there was all these new denominations that ended up forming out of the Protestant Reformation, and they all set themselves up in kind of their own unique ways. Okay. Like um, half, they picked some parts of, yeah, of Catholic and yeah, some it, parts of... It really depends on kind of where they, like... Of like where they came out of, yeah. um, so like for example, like I can speak on like the Methodist Church. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, I can speak like on the Methodist Church because I mean I'm in a Methodist Church now, but it was also my my background. Okay, um, for a little while being in the Methodist Church, is there a Methodist Pope? There's not. There's bishops. Okay, so in the in the in the in the United Methodist Church, that is. And I'm not in a United Methodist Church anymore. I'm just um, in an independent Methodist Church. But in the United Methodist Church denomination, there are bishops and of different conferences. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so the conferences are geographical in nature. Okay, so like a large state may have two conferences in it, for example. Okay, all right, and so you've got a bishop that's overseeing that conference. Okay, and that bishop will have a cabinet. That's helping them make decisions and this kind of things. Like the president, that's what I said. Yeah, like the they like they do have it kind of like the president. Yeah. So all right. Yeah. So I'm sorry. So the bishops and yeah, the UFC do have okay. that. Um, cool. Yeah, and then they have district superintendents, which are <laughs> what? yeah, they have district superintendents, which okay. are okay, like kind of like that the, wasn't on the list. <laughs> no, <laughs> kind of like the equivalent of like a cardinal, I guess, a little bit like okay. overseeing a a group of churches. Okay. Um, that may be. 50 churches, it may be 150 churches. Um, I'm not sure if there's a limit on that or not, but there's district superintendents, and then under them are the pastors or the elders that are there in a local church. Okay. So in the United Methodist Church, a an ordained pastor is also an ordained elder. Like, they're, okay. that's one of the same. Okay. Oh, so you have to get like, okay, so in all these things, you can't just be like, God wants me to be a pastor, and I went to pastor school. You kind of have to like get certified with certificates yeah. and yeah, and stuff. degrees. Yeah, go to seminary. So now that's different for different churches, right? But the Catholic Church, and then if you go Church of England, Anglican Church, Episcop- Episcopalian Church, any of the main lines, Lutheran, Presbyterian, United Methodist, you, you all, you they all have to be ordained. Does the and and the ordination part of that ordination is completion of usually like a like in the protestant world it's usually like a master's of divinity okay degree and um so you have to have that degree before you can be ordained uh, okay yeah as an is, elder is or that as a, biblical can, that you have to go to classes and get no it's not it's not biblical in the sense of like it says you have to go to classes however i do think that training uh-huh. is really important. Uh-huh. And that would have come through, you know, so for example, a, a, a Jewish teacher, a rabbi, mm-hmm. okay, a rabbi would have gone through rabbinical school or rabbinical train or right. rabbinical training. Right. And like an apprenticeship, right? Mm-hmm, yeah, where they're where they're taught and they're, you know, so yeah. they're and they're they're deeply informed in the scriptures, mm-hmm. okay, and so they're taught you know the midrash how to interpret the scriptures, those kind of things, and so I think in 
the in the mainline Protestant world, where your pastors have to have you know um, uh, degrees to pastor, it's kind of that same understanding. Like y- you need to go to be trained, and right. so though it's not biblical, I actually think it's really important. You can get ordained by just going online and clicking buttons. Oh, absolutely! You could you could officiate a wedding tomorrow if you wanted to. I could. Yep. Just go in there, get ordained, get your little certificate. I'm not going to do it, but no, mm-hmm. I wouldn't either. Um, <laughs> and uh, and then you know, in the United Methodist Church, they also have ordained deacons. Okay. Um, and so they're able, and so they go through school as well, um, and through the same ordination track. And the and then you have what's called local lay pastors. That These wasn't are, on the list. Yeah. Either. Local lay pastors are pastors that have not gone and received uh, a Master of Divinity degree, mm-hmm. but are preaching from the pulpit. They usually have gone through a like a course of study, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, to gain a certificate, to gain some training, and they're serving in like a smaller local church. Okay, um, but and it depends on the denomination. But in the United Methodist Church, if you're not ordained, you cannot serve communion. Or do baptisms. Oh. So like a local lay pastor would not be able to do those things. You just have random saints serve communion at our church. I do. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so if you become if you become uh, all demon like you're supposed to, could you be the Pope? <laughs> Alright, so if I get my demon degree... Yeah. That's what you're saying. Yes. Right. Not that I become this demonic thing. All right. <laughs> so if I if I receive my uh, my doctorate of ministry, can I become the Pope? Mm-hmm. No, I cannot become the Pope. Okay. Regardless of my degree, mm-hmm. I would not be able to come come up. We'd have a bigger podcast if you were the Pope. <laughs> so should we pitch the idea for the Pope <laughs> to do a podcast? The Pope should do a podcast, yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be like a five-hour podcast of him just <laughs> drooling into the microphone, but <laughs> but people'd listen to it because he's the Pope. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> they make so much money off of social media, right? right so <laughs> make the Vatican richer than it already yeah. is, right? They could yeah. build more secret chambers underground right. for that stuff that they're doing. <laughs> That we're not you know supposed I mean? to know about. Yeah, yeah. The wink, wink type yeah. stuff. Yeah. They could dig that hole to the center of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway. Okay, so do you think that the giant leadership structures mm-hmm. from Pope to whatever they call normal people that come to church on Easter and Christmas? Okay. Do you think that's been a net positive or a net negative in in one sense having a singular voice and have everything kind of structured and held together in one way seems positive okay because seems or is seems okay because it it keeps everyone kind of on the same page. And, yeah. and maybe that is the positive because okay. it keeps everyone on the same page, right? Like within the Catholic Church, it's more like 
Here's our theology. Mm. Here's our doctrine. Okay? This is what we believe. And it's and it's pretty clear. Would and, anyone in Catholic leadership or high up Methodist leadership or or any of right. these denominations let me come and do a podcast like this with them? Because it depended on the person. Okay. Yeah. But uh, would the leadership structure want uh, them to allow that? it? Yeah. Probably not. Okay. Um, just because well, and I don't know that some some would probably engage engage with it. Like they don't mind arguing or debating and those kind of things. Right. Um the thing is they can't control the narrative though of it, right? Like they can't control everything that's gonna be asked or said or stated right. by you. Right. And so I think that's where because you've answered every question I've ever asked. Well, I've tried to. Yeah, but I've, at least you've tried. Yeah, and I and I've and I've also allowed you to say it however you want to say it. Right. And <laughs> use whatever language you want to use. And you just sit there and hope for the best. <laughs> Honest to God, I do. <laughs> and so, <coughs> so I think in some ways this I, I can see why the structure is appealing. But and, and and that's probably the one good thing you got it all kind of there together. But the problem with it for me is that when when things are so large and structured, even though you've got the archbishops and the cardinals and the you know like mm-hmm. where it's getting smaller and smaller, mm-hmm. I think the problem lies with when the local churches do not have local autonomy to be able to do things that are necessary for their local church. And so okay. this is, and this is kind of, this was kind of the idea for the Baptists, for example. So Southern Baptists are locally autonomous churches. All okay. right. In other words, they decide what their local church is going to do. Now, they adhere to a statement of beliefs that they all agree upon from the Southern Baptist Convention, but they're, but they're not held together. By the fact of, oh, well, we're all just this one massive structure. Okay. So, like, you go ask the priest if he can pray for you, and then he's got to send a letter to the Pope <laughs> asking him if he can pray well, for you yeah. so that he can get the, the ring stamp, and then it's got to get back to you in seven to ten business days, and then you, you the priest, can pray for the person. Yeah. Well, thankfully, it's not that bad. Okay. All right. But, so, for example, though, if if... In some denominations, if you want to build, if you want to add on oh. to your properties in any kind of significant ways, that has to kind of be run up the chain. Mm-hmm. In the United Methodist churches, they don't get to choose their own pastors. Pastors are appointed to those churches. Okay. Um, and I think that... And that's bad? I think it can cause problems. Okay. Because you're not... There's just no way to be in touch with the needs. Like, so for example... I was on a call the other day with a district superintendent from United Methodist Church who oversees or had been overseeing almost up to a hundred churches. There's just no way that, you know, as good of a district superintendent as he may be, that he can have a pulse on the need of all those hundred churches. Mm-hmm. And so then and then you're trying to help those churches find the right pastor, but they're not even doing it. Like district attendant level they're running up requests from those churches up mm-hmm. higher to the cabinet and the bishop 
and then they're ultimately making the decisions and sending it down. Where do they get these pastors from? Well, in the United Methodist Church, you go through school, you go through a United Methodist Seminary. Oh, like I. Oh, and through, then like, they just distribute. And you. then, yeah, correct. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you go through the seminary, and while you're in the seminary, you're being um, so some twenty-five-year-old shows up to preach to a bunch of eighty-year-olds. Yeah, man, it happens. Wow, it happens. Okay, and or you'll have someone that has been in a very liturgical church, mm-hmm. all of a sudden show up to a church where they have no liturgy, no high church element, you know. I spend all day sitting with people in hospitals. Right. That's all I do down there. Right. I went yeah. to school for 11 years. <laughs> yeah, and it, I mean, <laughs> and so, I mean, it can... I don't think they've heard a word I said. <laughs> and so, that's part of the... You know the that the again the specifically within the United Methodist Church that's the reality of it um, of churches are appointed pastors and they they may have a they may have like a request mm. for someone or a certain type but they're not guaranteed it um, and so I think that's kind of the downfall with that is the, the fact again the, the churches are not locally autonomous mm-hmm. you know they're given they're giving around ten percent of everything that comes in back to the denomination. Mm-hmm. And for some churches, that's a lot of money. You know, that 10% is a lot of money when they could be doing other things for their local church or for their oh, community instead. Right. But now they're having to send 10% up the chain, you know, up the line mm-hmm. to um, the denomination. And just to keep the denomination running. I mean, someone's got to pay for all these district superintendents, the district superintendent offices, the bishops, the bishop offices, the cabinets, the you know, someone has to pay for all that. So, so are there are there people that just like that? That like the organizational yeah. part. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. So there's not just Catholics going to Catholic church because they like Catholicism better than the rest of it. There's there's got to be Catholics that like going to Catholic church because of this reason. Yes. Because of the leadership structure. Absolutely. And they feel more comfortable with it. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. All right. And some of it, too, is like in your smaller churches, especially smaller non-denominational churches, your pastors may not be trained. Right. And some people value that. Okay. And or they don't want to just be they don't want the church just to be alone. Right. They want the church to be connected with something larger. Okay. For accountability purposes, for relationship purposes, whatever it may be, for more opportunities, yeah, for more to opportunities do things. to do things. Okay, um, and so and so, like, there is again, there's there's some things that are of value mm-hmm. in that. I just think there's ways to be connected with other churches in relationship and in accountability and in relationship that doesn't have to involve losing the local autonomy. Or local autonomous nature of the church. Okay. If you could re leadership structure all the churches in the world. Oh God. What would you do? Okay. So <laughs> this it's because I've heard from Catholics because they believe that we're all out of them. Like they're the they're the church. Right, sure. I've heard from Catholics that wish that that reformation or is that what it's called that reformation they are 
like I've heard that they're not mad that that happened, mm-hmm. but they wish that the churches just didn't break away, sure, and had fought within the system, yeah, instead of <laughs> right peace out. <laughs> and so I've heard that before. So, right. so if you that's the that seems like the structure that they wish things would go back to. Uh huh. But what would you rather it go back to? But I think or go to. Here's the here's the problem. Okay. Okay. The what what ended up happening and the reason the, the Reformation was needed was because power had led to corruption. Okay. And so there was corruption among all layers of leadership in the Catholic Church. Now I'm not saying okay. every leader was corrupt. I'm just right. saying that corruption hit every tier of that. Okay. And whether that was the selling of indulgences, whether that was the Pope's, you know, wait, what? What does that mean? Selling of indulgences, yeah. like selling of of uh, indulgences were what were given to people so they could be forgiven. Oh, so priests basically priests were selling. Oh, forgiveness. Okay, you had to pay for it. Not cool. Okay. <laughs> it's the Reformation. Yeah. Everybody and, hit the communion vending machine. <laughs> and so there was okay. There was corruption among the priests. There was corruption among the, the leaders above that. There were corruption in, among the Pope. The corruption. Not the Pope. Even the Pope. Oh. Yeah, I know. And so that there's all this. And I think that's kind of human nature in a lot of ways. Yes. And I think human nature, just as for whatever reason, we we you know it it's like it goes all the way back to Babel. Remember in Genesis eleven, they were trying to build the Tower of mm-hmm. Babel, and they were like, "We're going to build this massive thing, yeah, and we're going to reach the heavens, yeah." And I feel like we in the church even do the same thing. We if we can just build this massive thing, like it's almost like that's of greater value. Than the small things, than the people, yeah, okay. And so, like the for me, I guess I look at it and go, yes, I think there's a uh, there's there's a reason that you know it broke away, and it's because we you know in these large massive whether it's Catholic Church or even the denominations. I mean, just in the last you know sixty years. I mean, almost every mainline denomination in the United States has, has splintered. Yeah. Presbyterian Church has, the Episcopal Church has, Methodist Church has. And so they've all divided. They're all split. And I just don't think church was made to be these massively large organizations. So you're saying you're saying that that I guess Constantine made this massive church thing into an organization and we've just been splitting from there ever since we've been having issues from there ever since yeah i mean because the first okay. split wasn't even with the Pro- like protestant reformation right i mean you know like the greek orthodox church split before protestants did correct okay yeah and so from catholics from the catholic and we're catholics. all talking from about catholics. down from catholics yeah like, we're yeah. all still Christians <laughs> down from Catholics. Right. Okay. And so, uh, because, and I, and I do think, because like, for example, if anyone had the right to assert himself as a Pope 
over all of these cities and or in or congregations, excuse me, over all these congregations and all these various cities, it was Paul. Paul had been to all these places. Right. And if anyone had the right to assert himself and demand something, it was Paul. And Paul didn't do any of that in the sense of he didn't demand that they pay him. He didn't demand that they accept oh. him as the apostle to their church. Okay. He he sometimes he'd even plead for them to, but he didn't demand it. Now he didn't plead for them to pay him. But so he could have poked right then. You would have thought if anyone could have, it would have been him. Okay. And he didn't. And rather, he was starting these local churches, and like he's telling Timothy, hey, Timothy, set in elders in all these churches and find faithful men that you can teach that can pass down what has been passed on to you. Okay. And I think to me, that's more of the natural, organic nature that the church should have. Okay. That we should be locally autonomous in the sense of we're not being told what to do or where our pastors are going to come from or whatever by these massive organization, but rather we're locally autonomous and we're able to, there should have been this continuing passing on of what had been passed down. And because it didn't have to, I don't think it ever had to go to the state that it went to in the, with the Catholic church. Mm-hmm. I think it could have continued to be organic throughout and we would have been completely okay. So you're saying that we should go to all these denominational churches and just start sowing division. <laughs> I'm not saying that at all. And pointing at other people and being like, they disagree theologically yeah, with you. <laughs> no. See that building across the street? Right. Yeah. No. We're okay. not supposed to go in and start causing chaos. Okay. No. But you're just asking me for ideal world. Yeah. Ideal world for me would be that we would have elders in mm-hmm. every church that were helping to lead that church. And but to get there, we'd have to split a lot of stuff up. Oh, sure. Not like actively, but right. So you're saying that all the church splits I went through as a child were really good. I don't know <laughs> what kind of church splits you went through. So I won't speak to we went to church splits where the pastor, you know, was you know doing get, getting around doing, more than doing something. Yeah, doing doing yeah. something. Doing he was up to something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was division, right? <laughs> Yeah, and unfortunately that happens a lot too. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And and I think and I think, and this will be the, my last point, I think that it also prevents an abuse of power. Okay. And and I and I and, and I honest to God don't even think it's just the organizations that should remain small. I think churches should remain smaller. Okay. The- like, I think when we're getting up into like, you know, mid 100s and above that like or probably even a few hundred people and above that Mm. in attendance wise in a local church Uh i think that is 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 you start developing the same problems that you have in a larger organizational as well okay so i think that's why plurality of elders in a local church setting and and then we should keep if we're growing plant plant churches out of that and keep multiplying instead of it having to be like let let's look at this massive huge organization that we can build because I think it's the same kind of pride and des- or and sometimes it's just being a desire that for whatever reason is in fallen man in fallen humanity that mm. goes all the way back to Genesis eleven let's build the biggest thing 
Okay. And I think we're just, for whatever reason, there's a wiring in us for that. And it's you, not always healthy. Do you think that the big structure of these denominations has helped to fight off, like, just destroying the whole church? What do you mean? Like, like the Catholic Church and the Methodist Church is able to send representatives to things. Mm. Okay. Because, and since they represent a huge group of people underneath them, they're able to pull weight and like politics and stuff like that. It used to, it used to be that way. Okay. And it's not that way anymore at all. Okay. Yeah. I think this, this, the sway has long been gone. If all of the churches are their own thing and they're all spread out uh -huh. and not communicating with each other through these big structures, okay. would they be able to fight against like, I think so the government trying to, cramp down on religion yeah, or something like that i think so because i think if you get enough you know solidarity okay among churches that like and i think you see that i think that probably has more sway now than like individual denominations okay i think when you have a lot of churches coming together that are pushing for one thing that probably has more sway than like a methodist church leader going to somebody okay. i don't think it holds any sway anymore well, this has been the When I Heard This Podcast. Uh, you can follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at When I Heard This Podcast and X, previously known as Twitter and Locals, at When I Heard This. Go to Patreon, $5. Like, subscribe, comment, share, follow, download. You can follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Nate Robinsoff, and you can follow Joseph on Instagram at Rev Joe T. This has been the When I Heard This Podcast, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye.